ಉಪನಿಷದಿಕ್ ಕಮೆಂಟ್ರಿ ಆನ್ ದ ನೇಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಶಂಕರ ಸೆಲೆಕ್ಟೆಡ್ ಟೆನ್ ಔಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ನ್ಯೂಮರಸ್ ಉಪನಿಷದ್ಸ್ ಟು ಕಮೆಂಟ್ ಅಪಾನ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ನಾನ್ ಡ್ಯೂಯಲಿಸ್ಟಿಕ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ವ್ಯೂ ರಾಮಾನುಜ ಮಾಧವ ಅಂಡ್ ಅದರ್ಸ್ ಹೂ ಕೇಮ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಹಿಮ್ ರೋಟ್ ಕಮೆಂಟ್ರೀಸ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಟೆನ್ ಉಪನಿಷದ್ಸ್ ಬೇಸ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ದಿಯರ್ ಓನ್ ಫಿಲಾಸಾಫಿಕಲ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ವ್ಯೂ ದ ಕೇನಾ ಉಪನಿಷದ್ contains a story about the devas the celestials in their arrogance fail to recognize the supreme being whose crown and feet are unknown ambika then appeared to give instruction in jnana to indra the king of the devas she explained to him that all the power emanated from the one great power from the one mahashakti what we see is the object and we who see it are the subject the seen is the object the seer is the subject we can see a body as an object we can know about it know whether it is well or ill it follows that there is an entity other than it that sees it the subject called we that which sees is the atman the subject called the atman cannot be known by anything else if it can be known it also becomes an object and it would further mean that there is another entity that sees and that will be the true we the atman that is the true we can only be the subject and never the object we may keep aside objects like the body and experience ourselves the subject called we but we cannot know the we to know means that there is something other than ourselves to be known it would be absurd to regard the atman as something other than ourselves the true we is the atman the self knowing it implies that which knows it is different from that which is known what can there be that is different in us from our true self what is it that is other than the self that can know the self nothing we say atmagnana which literally means knowing the atman but is the phrase knowing the atman used in the sense of a subject knowing an object no atmagnana means the self experiencing itself and that is how jnana or knowing is to be understood this is the reason why the kena upanishad says that he who says that he knows the atman does not know it it goes on he who says that he does not know knows he who thinks that he knows does not know and he who thinks he does not know knows the katha upanishad comes next this upanishad contains the teachings imparted by yama to the brahmacharin nasiket it begins as a story and leads up to the exposition of profound philosophical truths the gita contains quotations from this upanishad what i said just now about the subject object relationship is explained in depth in the concluding part of the katha upanishad how do we remove the ear of grain from the stalk and how do we draw the pith from the reed similarly we must draw the subject that is the self from the object that is the body says the katha upanishad desire anger hatred fear 
all these appertain to the mind not to the self hunger thirst and so on appertain to the body they are not mine by constant practice we must learn to reject all such things as do not belong to the self by objectifying them if we do so with concentration in due course we will be able to overcome the idea that has taken root in us that the body and the mind constitute the we we can then exist as a immaculate self without the impurities tainting the body and the mind the katha upanishad compares the spiritual exercise of separating the self from the body and the mind to that of drawing off the pith bright pure and soft from the reed before you is a spadix of a plantain when it wills do you also droop think of the body as a lump of flesh closer to you than this spadix of the plantain the spadix is not the subject that is we but the object on the same lines you must become accustomed to think of the body as an object in relation to the subject that is the self during our life in this world itself during the time we seem to exist in our body we must learn to treat the body as not me not mine moksha or liberation does not necessarily mean ascending to another world it can be attained here and now what is moksha it is everlasting bliss that comes of being freed from all burden he who lives delighting in his self in the world itself without any awareness of his body is called a jivan mukta the supreme goal of the vedas and vedanta is making a man jivan mukta krishna paramatman speaks of the same idea in the gita he who while it in this world controls his desire and anger before he is released from his body he will remain integrated and achieve everlasting bliss if you realize the self as an inner experience while it in this world at the time of your death you will not be aware that your body is severed from you the reason is that even before your death when you are it in this world the body does not exist for you so is there any need for what is called death to destroy it there is no death for the man who has absolute realization of his body being not he where is the question of his dying if he knows that the body is not me the death is only for his body the man who has no death thus becomes amrita hymns of the vedas also speak of such deathlessness this idea recurs throughout the upanishads the body and the mind that functions through it are the cause of sorrow all religions are agreed that liberation is a state in which sorrow gives place to everlasting happiness however according to religious traditions other than advaita a man has to go to some other world for such bliss after his death shankara bhagavat pada establishes that true liberation can be won in this world itself if one ceases to identify oneself totally with the body and remains rooted in the self we have two enemies 
who prevent us from reaching the state of amrita according to the gita they are desire and anger the first is denoted by desire or kama the second by anger an upanishad says that one has no body is not affected either by desire or by anger that is if you wish to be free from the evils of desire and anger you ought to free yourself of your body right now when you are at in this world shri gurubhyo namaha